Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Bellinghams on the oh. way up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dad, non-league legend, 700 yeah, gold. Yeah, Still Joe 700 gold. Yeah, yeah. Hello and a warm welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a weekly podcast from Monday Art Magazine that now has a timeless archive of 26 episodes for you to go back and get your teeth into. 26, 26. There's a lot there. As we always say, the first four are good, but the audio quality is a bit up and down because we made some choices. <laughs> if this is your first time, we do tend to go on a little bit in the intros. We're warming up. We're seeing each other sometimes for the first time in a, in a while. We're, we're getting back together. There's a lot of, there's a lot of love in the air. Yeah, there is. And here's some reviews to keep you interested before we get to the actual football. So, D'Angelo Saxon, great What's name. What's a name? <laughs> if this podcast was a footballer, it would have the physique of late career Kemi Augustian, but the touch of Vicente in his prime. Vicente did have a great touch. And it would definitely volunteer to go in goal if the keeper was sent off. Oh, Five stars. That's so good. D'Angelo Saxon, man of words. That might be one of the best reviews. It is one of the best. In our recent reader's survey, thank you to all those people who, who, who contributed to that um, audience survey, it should be, because it's not just readers, it's no, listeners, it's, okay. it's, new, it's newsletter consumers, but thanks for doing that. It really does help as we look at what we're doing next. And someone there said, it's essentially podcast perfection for me, said one listener. Ooh, then one negative person did say... <laughs> Why is Owen Blacker so mean to Seb, Tommy and James? Come on, lads. As if he'd have just said, why is Owen Blacker so mean to Seb, Tommy and James? And I said, fair enough. And he's gone, come on, lads. You're not students. Be nice to each other. Now, that's fair enough. We're not students. Um, James dresses like one, but that's a joke. <laughs> Power of 10, baby. It's a joke. So, <laughs> essentially, I think, fair enough, I think. But there's got to be a um, it's got to be a vibe about things. A frisson. Yeah. Oh, no, no, hang on. Because you could all have Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. It's you could, but what I what I would like to I've say is <laughs> regularly over the past seven years. But 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 what I would what I would like to say is um like something with Stockholm syndrome would say. Yeah. But what I would like to say is that if 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 you don't see the clips, um we are all very good friends. And I and I should oh. I should say that so with me in the studio today, me Owen Blackhurst, your uh, Mudale editorial director and host, the purple meanie. Um, so with me in the studio today are um, handsome James Bird, <gasps> someone I've known for seven years now, who um, I love like as quasi-brother son, um, sometimes son, sometimes brother. And I can think of no one who I would prefer to make content with, both long form and short form. Wow. And I've enjoyed it. And we are an award-winning duo. And we've just made a documentary together. And as much as... Um, we fall out quite often. Um, he's someone I'll know for the rest of my life. Oh. Tommy Stewart, someone I met. Look at that. Tasty Tommy Stewart, someone I met in lockdown. I admired his cricketing work from afar, so I slipped into his DMs to go on his cricketing podcast. Um, watched him then go on a, uh, a sobriety journey, which inspired my own. Um, he's talked very eloquently on social media about the way he struggled to come out until later in life to his family, and I think he's um, an admirable character who I love a lot. And Amen. then, and then also in the studio, also over there, sexy Seb White, 
someone I met um, well over a decade ago now and I instantly knew would be a, um, a friend and brother for life. We have had some truly miserable afternoons together in, <laughs> in COVID, going through spreadsheets and working out how to pay people's wages and keep a company alive while companies all around were failing and then taking that company onto acquisition. But more than that, we've had some great trips away together. So no, I love every one of them individually and collectively. So... Um, Am I in the right... Has... <laughs> <laughs> and see, lovely. Has see, has see, we are nice to each other. See, if I do stuff like that, then they they act like this. I can't win. Yeah, that's I can't very, win. Very we love nice. you too, Owen. No, we do. Thank you. That, that's what someone with Stockholm syndrome would say. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, we said it at the that, same time that, as well. I'm wearing acne is uh, the acne shop in Stockholm is where Stockholm Syndrome first happened in 1973 or something. In that before. very shop. In, the, in a- the shop? In the actual shop. Oh, in the shop. I was well, going to throw you about, what used to be a bank. Someone was surrounded by expensive jumpers and they just started <laughs> spilling their wallet out into it. I should say it was a bank. I used to have a lovely Acne Studios trackie that was like wearing butter, but oh. now, it's, I mean, you try affording one now. Oh, Jesus oh, yeah, Christ. Yeah. You, need, you need a fucking mortgage for oh, a hoodie. Oh, God. Even this hat. Jesus. Just, yeah. Just waiting to wake up still here. <laughs> Beautiful, wasn't it? Seb, if I hit... Fuck off, Birdo. Because, <laughs> I've had, you know, I've had to do your quarterly reviews recently and I'm nice in them as well. <laughs> but look, there has to be a... If we were all just... We're all nice to each other. Yeah, That's... if we were all just sat round fucking wanking each other off and yeah. being nice to each other, there yeah. wouldn't be a podcast for you to listen to. So there's got to be a free That song. will be available on Patreon very soon, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only <Very fans>. <laughs> But there has to be a free song. Someone's got to be the host. And as every one of these... Um, do you know what? I'm I, that was st- lovely, I'm, I'm going to stick with the niceties. So. Oh, here we go. I can hear a baby crying. I'm about to wake up. <laughs> Today, we're all wearing shirts provided by Classic Football Shirts. Um, Very good people. And I, Seb's gone off on one. Um, so someone on Twitter recently said, because I'm not a Hector Bellerin disciple, I'd never really... Got Mundial, but then I read it and thought it was brilliant. Now, Hector Bellerin is something that's been thrown at us because if, if you've never met Hector or just believe what the press would say about him, you think he's just a bit of a hipster wide boy who's more interested in clothes than football. Mm. If you've met Hector, which we have a few times, we did a cover shoot with him and he was one of the most gracious, kind with his time, lovely people we've ever met. And then about 18 months ago in Barcelona, we messaged him and said, um, we're in town, could we come round and interview? And, and, and James and I went to his house. Wow. Um, his rescue cat savaged me. But apart from that... Knew <laughs> you were a dog person, you said. No, but he gets... But he was just lovely with his time. Uh, just yeah, lives he lived, was... lived in a, a two-bedroom flat in the middle of Barcelona. Wow! I would have gladly stayed <laughs> and he... made that second bedroom my own. You'd have done more than stayed, and it wouldn't have been a second bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I that actually, would have been for the clothes. <laughs> I met him in the wild at Primavera. You when, did when I was oh, yeah. when I was off my tits, and he gave us like in the wild. It, he gave us with drink for, at two three a.m. We just watched Skepta, and he gave us about forty-five minutes of his time where we were just talk, mainly oh. talking about clothes, uh, which I know goes against what you said. But then I, I said, "Would you ever sign for United?" And he said, "The only the only English club I'll ever play for is Arsenal, but Mourinho does want me." Ooh, oh. twenty seventeen, lovely guy. Lovely anyway, guy. so we are Hector Bellerin disciples, but mainly because he's just a nice fella. Yeah, uh, but we're all wearing. We're not all wearing. Um, Three of us are wearing Real Betis shirts today because it's the club he knows plays for and his dad supports. Um, he was obviously very famously a, a La Masia graduate and got to go back to Barcelona on loan and, and complete the circle of playing in the first team. And now, then he went out on loan to sport in Lisbon. Yep. Anyway, yeah. now he's he's back at Betis. Yes, yep. he is. Yeah, yeah. Club he yeah. wanted to be back at. He had to yeah. wait to go there because they couldn't have 
because he's, he was on a decent amount of wedge at Arsenal and yeah. he's gone back to the club he always his dad supported and he'll probably end up finishing his career there so and what spoke, a legend spoke very eloquently about that too, he did and and James who always likes to be different is wearing a Spain shirt because Hector played for the under 21 Seb or the under 18s yeah, he, he played for the, the first team as well but only a couple of a couple of times yeah, yeah. But well yeah. there we go so this is reminding you I love football even if you don't like Hector Bellerin you probably should because he's a nice fella uh, we're 4.8 on Apple 5 star on Spotify 10 star for some of the people 100 stars really well, I mean, it, like, if you love it, you'd, I'd give you 100 stars if I yeah, love something. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. stop at five. I wouldn't be constrained by bloody societal yeah. <laughs> reviews. Why should things only go up to five? Good did, you point. Have a, did you have a gold star chart when you were a kid? What do you think? I had to have one. You had to have one? Oh, yeah. Cause I was a bit at naughty. home, you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was naughty, so they had to bribe me with stars. Naughty birdo. No, mm. My parents didn't do any of that. <laughs> Benson and Edgy's gold. <laughs> Amber, gold leaf, etc. Et yeah, yeah. Good. Superb. Good. Superb. On we go. First item on today's podcast is Adventures in Clubland. We've got a tune now that will be playing over me from the edit suite of Tommy Stewart as he's watching cricket and eating donuts and messing around with something else and playing a guitar and editing the podcast all at one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, ADHD, and a, baby. And occasionally <laughs> taking pictures of pigeons out of his window. <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. Des- all, of the, all of those are true things. Desperately trying to reply to the stream of DMs. <laughs> all of those are true. He has been using this podcast as a goosing opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> day one. Captain of Goosebump Rangers. I'll cut this out, but also true. <laughs> that won't be. That's staying in. If any of you seen the video clips that accompany this podcast, sometimes there's some camera angles on me, James, and Seb that aren't great. We'll be scratching our arms or looking down. Every time Tommy's in it, he's got his fucking absolute best side. There hasn't been a bad shot of him in once, and he doesn't know. He doesn't think that I know what he's up to, but I bloody know. I can see. I see what's going on here. I know. Anyway, I see your own podcast, me spewing you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Adventures in Clubland this week is with uh, Le Grand Chorizo, <laughs> the big sausage. The big sausage. <laughs> I, if, to our listeners, I watched Seb have two boiled pork and veal sausages for his breakfast before today's record. <laughs> they were good. And a gigantic pretzel in a place that he's been begging me to go yeah. to. Uh, I've, I've, it was a curious breakfast, uh, but he, do you know what? Was it the German gymnasium? The German gymnasium, brilliant. Yeah, really nice place to have a, a very nice big boiled sausages. Yeah, but do but you know the best thing? Mm. Instead of taking them out and putting them on the plate they'd given him, he started trying to cut them up in the water in the pan. I said, "What are you fucking doing? Just put them on your plate." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Put them on the plate. And he still couldn't cut them. <laughs> Adventures in Clubland, Seb. Where are we going? <laughs> we were in Glasgow last week. We are still in Glasgow. See what happens is any time. Because I think Seb got threatened by the old firm once and he's DM. <laughs> for myself. Were so. they coming for you? <laughs> no. You're a friend of the Scots. I know. Yeah, but so every time we do something in Celtic or we do something at Rangers, Seb has to redress the balance in the very next episode. Yeah. Otherwise, he thinks he'll be accused of favouritism and. They're a passionate lot, let's just say. Some of them are a passionate lot. Seb. They're, they're a, some of them are a passionate lot. But we are going to the blue side, Rangers between 1994 and 1998, and we are looking at a genuine Rangers legend in Brian Loudrup. You're a Rangers man, are you? Yeah. (laughs) 
Brian Laudrup comes from a family of footballers. His dad played, obviously, Michael, people will know Michael as well, played for Barcelona, Juventus. Uh, let's just say that the football football runs through the genes in their family. He starts at Bromby, goes to Bayern. He wins Euro 92, obviously, with Denmark. Um, he goes to Italy, but he has some, it's fair to say, tough times in Italy. His free-flowing... Fiorentina. Fiorentina, and then on loan to AC Milan. And there's a, there's a three far in the rule as well, which means he doesn't play as much. It's This is a Serie A that's restrictive of someone of his capabilities. And he has a very much a free role for Denmark. So he finds Serie A difficult. So he wants to find somewhere. He's been around a place. He wants to find somewhere to settle down. And he gets offered the chance to go to Rangers. And he just likes it from the off. You know, he goes straight there and he's like, no, this is a place that's obviously got amazing history and one of the one institution-wise one of the biggest clubs in the world. So he he signs for Rangers and he signs for, he's playing in a team with some quality players. Gaza, McCoist, McCall, Mikhailchenko, Mark Hately, Richard Goff in defence. And don't forget Rich he's very complimentary about Richard Goff and what an amazing captain and defender was. So but he goes to Rangers when Rangers have won seven league titles in a row. Celtic have won won nine league titles back in the 60s and 70s. Rangers have never done it. So there's a real fervour to keep on to go all the way to nine, to equal Celtic and then ideally hopefully beat them. So they're going big, you know, buying a player of Laudrup's quality. Walter Smith gives him the freedom of Ibrox and essentially tells him, you don't have to defend. Hmm. Do what you do best. And he says, I'm rubbish at defending, so why should I defend? Was he allowed in like all the little offices and stuff yeah, as well? He... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lo- lovely old traditional ground, isn't it? Archibald Leach, a-, a classic, the Ibrox Stadium. So maybe, maybe. Archibald Leach being a architect for those the, who don't know. Yes, yes. The, Goodison. Fo- the football the architect. The football architect. Goodison Park. Park. Goodison Park. Seb assumes a lot of knowledge from ground. you lot because he's, yes. been, he's been eating football books since he was little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he is given a free role and it's fair to say... He absolutely relishes it. And he is, technique-wise, obviously, there's no doubt that he's always been a quality player. But And you might think, you'd be a bit worried, will this work in the rough and tumble against your St. Johnstons, your Falkirk aways? But I tell you what, he absolutely loves it. He loves it so much that three months into it, he knows that this is the right place for him. He knows it. He's got everything that he, he's wanted over the last few years. He gets an offer from Barcelona saying, we'll sign you in January if you want to come. And he doesn't even think about it. He says, no, I'm happy. I've got the keys. Yeah. He said, I'm happy where I am. He's actually could have been replacing his brother at Barcelona, which would have been mad. He's but... got the secret as well, James, hasn't he? Oh. <laughs> be settled, be playing, have a free role. He loves it. He Bang absolutely on. loves it. And it's as an adventure goes, few would have enjoyed their time on the pitch as much. He went, They go and win two league titles. They equal the Celtic record they get to nine in a row which is obviously a huge thing he says that people all the time in the street were just going please make it nine in a row please make it nine in a row and they do and he's a massive massive part of that he has a great record against Celtic he's quite tall he's just over six foot Vikings mate but he is so skillful he is so skillful and the ball does there's I, I could have picked 15 quotes of defenders and opponents or even teammates saying the ball stuck to his foot. And in the goal comps, you look at it, it does mm. stick to his feet. And the, the best quote I saw was by Neil Poynton, who was an opposition left-back. Um, they used to say he had 
he was he had like an ironing board in his back because he was that upright but boy could he run one minute he was nice and steady next minute he was doing 20 miles an hour running with the ball he was so elegant you could say he was like a cruise liner hmm. now this is someone on the on the rough and tumble of the Scottish Premier League that is just showing his class week in, week was out. Was it that rough and tumble? Then I think you might be doing it down a little bit. I think it was a good league in then. I think there was, I was a lot of well, players. Well, Rangers and Celtic have got, obviously, huge Do players. you just like saying rough and tumble? No, no. I, <laughs> I, I think even Rangers and Celtic have always, always got huge, huge assets and resources that mean that sometimes you are going to have to come up... At, you. The only way you can sort of meet that is to... Is to give it, I, I remember give it the back. SPL being more like mainstream in the nineties. Well, no, this up. is what I said to Owen on the, uh, earlier on. This is like the golden era of Sky Sports, isn't it? You probably watched that, and then so, and then another game on the Sunday on the Sunday afternoon. But he wins wins it all at Rangers. He wins he wins Scottish Cups. He's he he scores the the header in the nine in the row game, which where they seal the nine in the row game, and. He just absolutely has the time of his life. He loves it. He's absolutely loved up there. He still watches. Old, he still watches Rangers. He still, you know, he plays in all the Legends games and stuff like that. Yeah, I have nothing, nothing bad to say about Rangers, and he oh. and he loved the ferocity of it as well. He makes a point of that. He's never known anything like it. Nothing can prepare him for what it was like. He said, but it was a brilliant, brilliant place to you, play football. Do you ever get the feeling that maybe it was difficult for him being Michael Loudrop's mm. younger brother? Yeah, and that maybe this gave oh. him the a bit of 100%. sanctity from that, and he got to be. A, a superstar for an adoring set of fans because when your brother is the Michael Laudrup of Barcelona yeah. and Real Madrid and Juventus and is you know <laughs> the best player in the world for a period which oh, it was well definitely and and actually he nearly gives up football a couple of times when he's 15, 16 because of pressure, because of this because of the pressure of being known not just as Michael Laudrup's brother but Finn Laudrup who was his dad who was a successful player his son he does talk about going to Rangers and needing to find somewhere to actually settle down and prove himself because he hadn't felt like he had done so. And Walter Smith was like almost flabbergasted. He said, I love having you here and I want you here, but you'd rather play Falkirk away than play for Barcelona. And he was like, absolutely. Wow. With you you and the players that you've got. And I just think he's just... That's how how I feel about Mondial in this podcast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've you've had the big offers, have you, from the Rambles and... No. No, not yet, not yet. No, 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 no. no. But if no, they no. did come in... No, 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 no. I, I don't really remember them too much, the loud drops, because I was probably a bit too young. I remember them a little bit in World Cups, Euros, etc. But are they the best footballing family? Who else you got? I mean... The Nevilles. It's not they're them. not the best. No. Uh, but you've got, obviously, um, Jack and Bobby Charlton oh, were... Sh- but they were related to Jackie Milburn as well. I tell yeah, you who else? First cousin, I tell you who else you've got. Uncle, you've wasn't got he? Abidi. Sorry, uncle. Yeah, Abidi yeah. Pele and his children, who are Jordan and Andre. Jordan and Andre Ayew. Yeah, and Abidi Pele was, oh, you know, enough. Yeah, Abidi Pele right. was two or three time um, African African player yeah, yeah. of the year winner. It's one for the listeners. The Allens, yeah, the Allens, Paul, Clive, Martin, Martin. There's another one in there. The Wallaces, three of them. Yeah, the Birds. The birds. <laughs> the Steens. The Steens. The Steens. Yeah, God, there's... Who is the best footballing family? Mm. Love to know. The Bulls. Steve yeah. Bulls, cousin Gary Bull, was a prolific non-league striker or he... lower league striker he as was. well. Gary Bull. The... Brian and Nigel. The, the club. On and off the pitch. Nigel's doing, all, you know. The Sturridges. The Sturridges. Daniel. <gasps> Dean. The Dean. Jameses. Dean Sturridge scored a lot of goals for Wolves. The Jameses. The Jameses. West yeah. London's Reece. finest. The Bellinghams. 
on the oh. way up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dad, non-league legend, 700 yeah, goals. Yeah, Still Chelsea, 700 goals. Yeah, yeah. Their dad's good for non-league. Yeah. Wow. In non-league. I knew he played non-league, but wow. I, I was lucky enough to interview him, and we obviously talked mainly about Denmark and Euro 92, because that's, again, incredible. But to give you an idea of the significance where he holds Rangers' career, him, that nine-in-the-row game where he scores that winning goal to make them win the nine-in-the-row, he says that is as important to me as winning the European Championship final. So, you know, huge. I would say he's a gentleman and one of the nicest hours I've ever had and quite willing to talk about the, the, the I think what you probably touched on with that question, I was quite happy to talk about the, the madness of the game and, and how crazy and chaotic it can be and how someone like him had to always sometimes take a step back and be more considered about it not on and off the pitch. And I think it's a lovely, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just one of my favourite adventures. Because you're listening to this brilliant podcast. Well, we pretty much do the same thing, but in a magazine format. We've been doing it since 2014. We're up to issue 27 now, and that is our latest issue that's come out. And yeah. it's all that's called the cult issue. It's a hundred pages of global football magic. It's full, full of great stuff. And the magazine comes out four times a year. Where have they got to go, Tommy? Where have they got to go if they want this? They've got to go to mondaylmag.com. Seb. That's where it Simple all is. Simple as that. Simple, Simple as, that. as that. You've used the internet before yeah. if you're listening. You're probably using the internet now by listening yeah. to this. So, mondayalmag.com or follow the link in the show description. We'll even put it in the show description. 101 things to do in football before you die. Today is producer Tommy Stewart. Take it away, Tom. My 101 things to do, in, well, my thing to do in football before you die is to meet your heroes. If You're very you kind. <laughs> <laughs> you have been absolutely bursting for that, haven't you? I can tell. <laughs> Thought about it this morning. Matilda, Matilda, what I'm going to do. I'm going to say you're very kind. <laughs> I'm with, I'm with three of them now. <laughs> it's good, man. Good stuff. Anyway, do meet your heroes if you're lucky enough to. So my experience of meeting my footballing heroes is quite... I wouldn't say synthetic, but I worked at the BBC. I worked at Five Life for seven years. So I would do things like write the interviews, write the briefs for write the Write the theme tune, do the theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're not going to get through this. <laughs> so one time I got to write the... In I've been there for about three or four years. They realised I was okay at writing questions for uh, Dan Walker. I got to do it for... Uh, I got to do it for Eric Cantona one time. <gasps> uh, so that... That isn't the story I'm telling here. I'm well, telling a story come about on, more natural. Get on with it then. Can I, shall I get this one in though, Cantona? Yeah, no, get that in. That's... Yeah, so I met Cantona. I wrote the interview for him. He, he released, a, I think it was a poetry book at the time yeah. with like three word poems, etc. And I wasn't in that day. I was freelance at the time. Uh, but they said, Tommy, do you want to meet Cantona? I was like, of course I do. I've known It's got... a big yes, that is not. <laughs> so I drove in from Old Trafford, uh, yeah. the five minute drive uh, to Media City, BBC Media City up in Salford. And uh, they said, oh, Tom, you're here. Do you want to um, Do you want to make Eric a glass of water? Do you want to go and get him a water? Oh. So I was like, yeah, okay. Made him the glass of water. Genuinely, by the time I got back, it was fucking half empty because I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I've never. Like, I've never felt like that before. You could have just put it next to your head and let your own sweat drip in. <laughs> that too. For first time listeners, Tom is a sweat. Man Tommy's a sweat, sweat lord. Anyway. I'm a sweat Wow. Lord. Sweaty king. So anyway, so I go in and uh, I'm, I'm shitting it because my older brother used to make us, uh, we went to Catholic school and my older brother didn't. And he said, he's about 10, 15 years older. And he said, 
uh, he put Cantonar posters above all me and my siblings' beds and said, yeah. you pray to him, not God. <laughs> so he was God to me. He was God to me. And all he said was, I was, I was like, hi, mate, I'm Tom. Introduced myself as Tom or Tommy. And he goes, no, Thomas, you are Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. And he made my day and I went in my car and cried straight yeah, yeah, away, yeah. but like cried out of sheer joy. So that was Nothing great. to do with Cantonar, just burst into tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Depression. <laughs> That's the little... Uh... Oh, that's not the... No. Oh, wow. No. Sorry, yeah. That is the amuse-bouche. This is the amuse-bouche. amuse-bouche. Just, oh, you wait, James. But my father, he met his hero in a much more sort of, uh, well, let's just say natural, um, a more romantic way. Yeah, yeah. The long and short of it is my dad's given up his season ticket because he's now got five kids. But his mate says, why don't we go to United? His mate's dad knows someone from the FA or something like that. Why don't we go to United for your 40th birthday? So they're playing Southampton. It's 1993, Saturday 20th of February, which is two days before my dad's birthday, one day after my younger brother's first birthday. So they get up there, and I'll, I'll just read out what my dad told me, basically, because I gave him a ring last night, um, and he's never actually spoken about this for some reason. Oh, exclusive. Yeah, he's never told me about it. All I know is that he sat next to Sir Matt mm. for a match, mm. Sir Matt Busby. I'll tell the story in full from my dad's point of view. Okay. My mate's dad was high up on the FA, and we asked if there were any tickets going. We had Southampton at home two days before my 40th. We went through the main entrance, through the private lounge. We walked out into the stadium. The steward said, we're sitting there. And Sir Matt is sat there on his own. And my dad and his mates turned to each other and said, they're not our seats. They just refused to believe it. So they went and sat somewhere else. And the place they sat, was the Southampton directors area. So then they all showed up and they said, who the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad said, my dad and his mate said, we're from the FA. And they said, we don't care, they're, they're our seats. So like, all right, fucking nice hell, job. this is it. We've, we're going to go and sit next to Sir Matt. Oh. So Sir Matt sat on his own and my dad and his mate said, who's going to sit next to him? So they decided to do a swap at half time. So one of them would get one half with him oh. and one would get the other half. I like that. My that dad being nice. my dad being the gracious man. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna rat him out here. He said on the phone last night. He said to me, <laughs> "I was like, did you do first or second half?" And he said, "Can't remember, but say second, so I sound like the better bloke." <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say my dad did the second half, and it should be noted on that day, uh, February twentieth, nineteen ninety three. It was the day that the road leading up to the stadium from town or the south of Manchester, Old Trafford, Stratford, Chorlton, yeah. the areas I've always lived in whilst I've lived there, it's the same day, and my dad didn't remember this, that Sir Matt Busby Way was opened. Oh, wow. And wow. It's, and it's just under a year before he died and mm. about three months before Man United win their first Premier League. My dad said the one thing he remembers about it is that he knew football. Yeah. He still understood the ebbs and flow of the game. The best part about it, my dad sits next to him in the second half, and Sir Matt just, he didn't say anything. He just offered his blanket oh, over to my dad that he had on his knee. And oh, he, oh, fucking hell. So he just shared the blanket with him. I wow. said, did you talk to each other? And he said, Cantona had been there for one month, and the ref was uh, having a go at Cantona, or Cantona was, you know, vice versa. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad said, does he speak English about Cantona? And Samat just said, yeah, I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, my dad said, understood the match. He understood football. And the only things he's kept in his wallet 
in his various wallets over the years yeah, yeah. is that ticket. And I said, why do you do that? He said, well, for evidence, <laughs> in case yeah, yeah. anyone says I'm lying. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, no phones no, and all no, that no, back no. then. And um, he's not a sentimental person. He's not one for the mawkish. He's not yeah, one yeah. for the sentimental. Uh, it's that and the twisted wheel card that he had from the oh. from the 60s uh, when he used to go and do a lot of amphetamines yeah. and acid. <laughs> um, so they're the only things Two he's ever kept things. in his wallet. So I said, you know, would you say meet your heroes? And he said, yeah, it's like, it's one of the best moments of my life. And I said, I just didn't know what to say. I, I, I was like, was it weird in the moment? He said, I just kept thinking, this is, this is the man who made me fall in love with football. Yeah, yeah. Like my dad fell in love with the Busby Babes. He, yeah. He used to go and watch them like, uh, like 15, 16 or something. It shows how old he is, but you know. Um, yeah, I mean, and t I've never been, it's a, it's a lovely story. I love the blanket stuff. thing. I've never been, I've never really got sort of starstruck and I've interviewed quite a lot of people. It's not a brat, I just have interviewed a lot of um, yeah. famous people, but I've never really been starstruck. And that's why I like interviewing people. I think it gives you, you can just have a conversation. Yeah. And so I like, interviewed like, you know, John Barnes, who I'd grown up watching. Wasn't, wasn't that bothered. It was fine. Just did an interview and, you know, he was great, but I've, twice met Mick Jones at the clash once at Wembley and he come up the stairs and I sort of went all right Mick and didn't really know what to say and he went all right mate and went and sat down but then a few years later I went to the Justice Tonight gigs at Hammersmith Apollo with my brother and James uh, James Brown and we went backstage afterwards and I ended up having a spliff with Mick Jones. Terrible spliff roller. The roach was like a fucking... He rolled it. Roll. He, he must have done, yeah. Yeah. And Fuck I shared a spliff yeah. with him and chatted to him for about 20 minutes in the dressing room. And it was in, like... We got twatted. I can't remember that much about it because I ended up going back to the hotel and his mate Robin Banks was there who he wrote Stay Free about and Pete Wiley was there as well. Oh. And, and P Pete Wiley saved me from having to sleep in a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> good, that's a good story. So have you, any of you lot met footballing heroes or otherwise? He, like... Similar to Owen, I've been lucky enough to interview quite a lot of footballers. And you always get starstruck. <laughs> I don't get starstruck. <laughs> I think the funniest one, and it's it's it relates to one of Owen's heroes, actually. I once interviewed uh, John Barnes and Jason McAteer. Oh, my God. On yeah. an Instagram Live <laughs> yeah, in the New yeah. Balance store in Oxford Street. Yeah. Now, I say on Instagram Live, I was both holding the phone. We were and, watching it in the office. And doing the interview. And they were all sat in the office watching it from home. Messaging going... Wait, so it's you you with them? It's me like just this. On a, like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the New Balance account, there's hundreds of people watching it, if not thousands. So, John, what, what, what do you think about the new New Balance trainer? <laughs> Him just being like, oh, well, I don't know. I think it's quite nice, actually. And then we somehow got on to changing room stuff. And I... I can't remember. I just remember it being excruciating. It was excruciating. <laughs> and for some reason, I said sauna vibes to them, didn't you I? Did. And I have said... I, would, you, would you text me once a week yeah. still? Yeah, I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that. But I did interview... It was a tough gig, that. I interviewed Mickey Rourke, and it was on the press tour for The Wrestler. So it, was oh. before, it had before it had come out. So he didn't know that what the reaction was going to be, and he was still a quite down on his luck, Mickey Rourke. And I'd watched a lot of his films growing up with my uncle, who was also a bit of a hero to me. Uh, anyway, so I had to wait and wait and wait, and I was the last interview. And I walked in, and Mickey Rourke's there. He's got like Dame Edna Everidge sunglasses on, a white vest, prison tats, hair. He looks cool as fuck. <laughs> Big belt, jeans. And he went, you got any cigarettes? And I said, yeah, I got 20 Marlboro lights. And he went, great. He pulled me the big, most comfortable chair over. 
and pulled himself a normal one. He got a bottle of vodka and a load of orange juice. And I sat there and interviewed him about boxing for about 45 minutes. Anyway, at the end of the interview, I said, look, I've never asked anyone for a photo, autograph, anything like that. But my uncle's been having a hard time of it. Do you reckon you could sign something? And he went, what's his favourite film of mine? And I said, well, bizarrely, it's FTW. And he went, what, the fucking piece of shit I wrote? <laughs> and, I went, and I went, yeah. And he went, well, fuck the autograph. He took off his belt. He went, here's the belt I had handmade for the film. Look, it's got FTW carved into the back of it. And it's this big book. Amazing. He said, he said, give him that. It's fucking, it's a brilliant story. Yeah, yeah. Fucking great. So I was fucking, I was back in the pub about two hours later, swinging that belt around my fucking head. <laughs> but, I, but I did give it yes. to my uncle. When you subscribe to the magazine, you also become a member of Club Mundial, which is great, and you get access to exclusive events, hopefully in the very near future, maybe a, a live podcast, Tommy. Oh, a, a live podcast, yes, which would be lovely. If you join Club Mundial, you get discount codes. Do you? No, Mundial merch. Oh. You get exclusive access to subscriber-only merchandise and priority access to merchandise as well. Great. Everything we do, you get the first dibs, shall we say. And you also get a weekly Club Mundial newsletter, which is an extension of our already very good newsletter. If you would like to join Club Mundial, and why wouldn't you after I've told you all those amazing things, go to mundialmag.com. Not only do you get a great magazine, you get all sorts of other things, and it's well, well worth supporting. Seb's so good at that. I do. Do you do that at home sometimes? In, Some, be- in between. Yeah, when, when him and Rebecca between. are playing horsey in the evenings. Yeah. Horsey? <laughs> oh, that is good. No. Horsey. Welcome to Volleywood. This week we are going to, well, I'm not going to tell you. The Champions. The Champions. Hello and welcome to the Stade de France, the 24th of May 2000. We are here for the Champions League final between Real Madrid and Valencia. Roberto Carlos, three on his back, throw in. It's a long throw, Raul waiting and now going, but the Valencia defender clears it. Steve McManaman arriving, it's a scissor kick! 
It's a volley from the edge of the box and it goes straight into the bottom corner of the net. That makes it 2-0 and surely that's Real Madrid's title now. Surely that's their eighth title. Steve McManaman with the goal and with that goal he's surely made it that he's the first Englishman to win the European Cup for a non-English team. Oh, Maka, that is absolutely beautiful. And back in the studio, what do you guys make of that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> black tight boots in the European Cup final. Correct. Yeah, black, tight, black tight copper mundials in a European Cup final. What Proper, what, yeah. I mean, you can get them. They're ten a penny now on the internet. You can get black tight copper. You know, not back then. I think it's very cool that a guy called Steve score the goal in the Champions League final for Real, for Real Madrid to become at that time the first Englishman to win the Champions League for a non-English team mm. um, Johan Cruyff actually spoke about how in that team he was everyone's partner so you've got Raul that's a compliment you've, you've, wow. you've got Marentes you've got Anelka you've got Roberto Carlos you've got all these you've got Redondo you've got these brilliant players and, and he spoke about how without Steve McManaman they wouldn't have been able to work as well that's that, amazing, that. that he might have seemed like he was alone because there's you know there's been a lot of talk about settling in that it wasn't a house for him when he arrived and I think he took Christian Panucci's house when he got there yes um so I think that for Johan Cruyff to say that it's very lovely and I think Steve McManaman himself spoke about this um about this goal he said that he's still in a whatsapp group with the players um, no from, from that time and he said that it was a goal that allowed us to relax and enjoy the football game you don't often have the pleasure of being able to enjoy the last 20 minutes of a European final <laughs> we really enjoyed these moments it was important to me on a personal level because my whole family was there and my mother had passed away a year before El Mackerman he just he... yeah but all these knobheads who go after him on, 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 on social for his commentary they want to they... I love it oh, I love his commentary me and my oh, no, bro... I'm a big fan me and my brother both United fans but we like we think he's the best commentator because he just uh, sounds like one of your there's mates. There's just an element of normalisation to it. I think he's he takes his shoes off for every commentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's not. Not even those trainer socks. I'm he's not commentating no, no. for a little clip to go viral, is he? Exactly. He's commentating how we might like, talk about the I game. Like I like Coist. I agree, hundred percent, and I think he's unfair. Yeah. El Maka. Big fans. If you want even better and even bigger, sneak peek behind the curtain. Something else, just that one thing that might push you over the edge to subscribe. Why don't you just subscribe to what, to be fair, and I can't call it any other word than this, the gateway drug that is the weekly newsletter. In that, we put all sorts of mad things. Things that we've watched, things that we wear, things that we've listened to, all sorts. All sorts in that. Discounts, recommendations, ah, random yeah. references. Random. Oh, random references. Look, we know your inboxes are full of emails these days. Sneaking another one in there, the weekly Mundial newsletter isn't the worst thing in the world. It will give you a great insight, in, more of an insight into what we do at Mundial. And hopefully, hopefully, it will push you towards subscribing to our magazine to get the full Mundial experience. Mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description. We'll even put it in the show description. Ins and outs. Back to a full quota today. James Bird not hosting the Ins and outs. He's back off his ban and we're going to start straight with him. James, 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 what is your in? Get in, Muddy. Go on. <laughs> just fucking getting out there on the grass. It's been pissing it down all week. If you're just having a kick about with your mate on a Saturday morning, just booting 40-odd passes to each other. If you're, I don't know, going for a run, and instead of going on the pavement, you take a long cut across the field. Have you just done this or are you just wish yeah, you could yeah, again? I did last weekend, yeah. yeah. Did you? Just I muddle. Did my bike mud, the day. mud all up my legs. Yeah. 
I love it. I mean, I, I walk the dogs all the time, and sometimes oh, even yeah. when it's cool, I'll put some shorts on to get a few splashes. Oh, you, the legs. You know, you might. Put, you know, people people might talk about sort of cold cold water plunges to ground themselves. I feel grounded when I'm covered in mud. Oh, yeah, like a mudman. Like a mudman, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to go for a mud bath with you because I've never seen you ground. <laughs> oh. I'd like to see if plastered in, um, if plastered in like chemical rich mud in Budapest, yeah, would oh. fucking shut you up for half an hour. <laughs> like the fella from Suits. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Let's get Birdo a mud bath. Do a it mud then. bath. Yeah, let us know if he. Fuck yeah. In, uh, in. Uh, mine today is getting clean. Not... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. But not showering. Um, Very good. Today is the closest episode to uh, my two-year anniversary of not boozing. Bloody yeah. Proud of you, bro. We're, we're much. recording this the week before because I'll be in Miami on the actual day yeah. next week Getting on the 14th. <laughs> no, no, no. Cold plunging. <laughs> Cold. <laughs> Cold plunging and uh, flexing my triceps on uh, South Beach in Miami. No, I won't be. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm there for a... Um, I hope you are. It'll be funny. I'm there for a conference, Soccer X, to talk, actually, about the documentary we made. Well done, I. Really proud yeah. of you, mate. That's... Yeah. I am very proud of you for that, yeah, and I will continue so. to be very proud of you for that. And I hope yeah. that you learn that. I'm, I'm, I've decided the day I'm going to drink again. Yeah, your wedding, the party in it. Tilt. Yeah, yeah. Fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Seb. This uh, is I, fucking rogue. This is rogue. But um, I'm going to say the dad from the family of TikTok videos. I love this. Now I've heard you say some things about this bloke in the past, which no, 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 no. That's not. You know, that's not true. I think have you're you, making this up. Have you met him, or Seb? Has he got one on you? No. You used to... You've slagged him off loads. Yeah, you have. No. You slaughtered him. What's you... happened? Something's I could go happened, through. I'm not sure. What's happened? Something's I'm not sure about that. What's happened? No, you've looked at him. Because I've always had a grudging respect for him. So you would have seen this fella. He does a lot of dancing in his garden with, um, with his two sons. And he, they get a lot of stick on the, on the cruel, cruel social media world. I think it's absolutely lovely that a dad is willing to put himself out there and, you know, be mocked, mocked by the whole fucking world. Yeah. And he's just, but he's doing it because he's, he's, he wants to be a good dad to his sons who are, are doing something nice. And I think it's lovely. Do you know what? I want to move on from this because it's the love issue. In. Tommy. Uh, autumn and winter outfits. Cold weather outfits because they are better than... And you do live in the cold north. I do, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, up in that Manchester with the... The moonlit uplands. Anyway, come on. Yeah. Uh, talk, so talk this... about your outfits. Well, okay, well, this year... This is another DM slider, isn't it? No, no, no. It's all out there, mate. The, these outfits are out there. They're on the grid. This year, I'm doing tracky jacket <laughs> under leather jacket. Like a pimp. Which is... No. <laughs> no. Lahine. Some might say... Lahine. Yeah. Run DMT, some <laughs> might say. This is good. But, yeah, it's a look that... Uh, I'm, it's it's I, actually Lahine. Len, Len. So yeah, I saw it on uh, Len, which I watched again recently, which is obviously fantastic. And uh, so I'm doing you, it. I'm are you it. are you trying to uh, communicate that you're you're channeling Vincent Castle? <laughs> well, that's up to that's up to these good people and the listeners to decide. I have, I've done trackies under leather jacket in the past, and I keep thinking, would I? I've always liked to think, oh, I'd love a nice leather jacket, but I just wouldn't these days. You'd look like a dirt bag. <laughs> There's a shot around the corner. Now I've got long hair. Yeah. 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 It's different, isn't it? I know. I think, I think the only one I could get away with would like, be a you'd, battered you'd flying look, jacket. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, you oh. look great. You'd, you'd look like you're Commander like Wally. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd look fur- like you collect free newspapers in a Sainsbury's bag for life. Tommy, I'm going to go straight to your out. Okay, Owen. Uh, my out this week, and I don't want to disrespect the dead. Or... No, no, no. Do you know what? Just say it because I've read it as well. So, uh... Joanne Croyce's book, out. Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Fucking hell. I'm 80 pages in. Uh, I don't think I can finish it, but I'm a bit of a completionist. I like to finish things. What a wasted opportunity. Wow. It is very, uh, Father Ted, it's very, and now we move on to liars, because every situation, right, he he writes about it. and Needless to to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even though it's from his point of view, you actually think, you kind of sound like the dickhead here, yeah, yeah, <laughs> even though yeah. you're writing it from your point yeah. of view. He I sounds agree. like a bit of a brat a lot of the time, even though he's arguably, you know, he's one of the best players of all time, etc. But fuck me, it's boring. Definitely agree. Thank you. Seb. Uh, the celebration police. If you're saying anything derogatory about people celebrating the very best thing about football, then you're doing the game wrong. Yellow for saying the celebration police. Second yellow for saying very best in a sentence for the 750th time this year. He's off. I'm up. He's been given his muttering to orders. himself. No one else. Cheerio. No one else in the history of the English language could have written this sentence. The celebration, please. If you're saying anything derogatory about people celebrating the, the very, very best, best thing, thing about the beautiful game, you're doing football very wrong. 100% correct. No one else could have written that. I th- I'm sure we've had it before. I'm going to put people not liking people celebrating in out. James. Oh, people who, people who hate players and people that wear snoods and gloves at the football. Just, there's nothing wrong with wanting to Bloody Johnny Kickerball. Yeah. Carlos fucking... Why has he got gloves on and short sleeves? Well... It's 18 degrees, mate. Because he wants to. Raynaud's. Just fucking get the snoods out. Get the gloves out. Enjoy your five aside. I've never owned a snood. I'm becoming more elegant with Curl a snood on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop back. Wait for the ball to come to Tevez, me a bit more. Tevez used to wear a snood. You, like like you look like a Pez dispenser. Didn't they... Tevez, Nasri. Didn't they ban them, though? Like, for no reason. Yaya Torre wore one for a bit. Yeah, he did, yeah. I in games. Cool. Torre wore one in games. Yeah, I think they're cool. Bin the haters. Okay. <laughs> out. Bun the haters. Talking of bins. I'm going to finish today for my outs with rogue bin men. Now, <laughs> I Our have... rogue? What the... Yeah. yeah, fucking rogue. Come on. <laughs> Tell us. Because I, I can speak from... <laughs> Firstly, I can speak from personal experience here because yes. I, I, I was. As... Of course. You were a rogue bin man <laughs> yeah. yourself. I wasn't rogue. <laughs> So in the I wasn't. You couldn't be, and this is my point. So in the days when I was a bin man, it wasn't very long for about four or five months. There was two jobs as a bin man: you either fetch out or chuck on. Fetch out means you go behind the houses and and bring the bins out. Chuck on means you run after and you throw the bin bags into the back. But I chose it for fitness because I was just running behind a fucking bin wagon all day, just throwing things. I'd never been as fit in my life. Wow. Never, never been as fit. Even now, when you go to the gym every day. I mean, I was fucking 18, playing football five nights a week and running uh, behind a bin wagon five, yeah, hours, yeah. five hours a day. Well, yeah, there you that's go. True, yeah. yeah. And shagging a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Not You do the math. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a Not sl- in the back of the Sounds bin like wagon. a slightly rogue bin man to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't rogue. My point being is if a bin bag split, we'd be there. We'd fucking sort everything out. You had to. You took a bit yeah. of pride in the job. Now, the lazy fuckers, they've got wheelie bins, right? And they just put them on the back of the thing and. Yeah. The smell still triggers me because I remember when I quit, yeah, it was course, yeah. The, yeah. the smell was awful. But fuck me, I have to go searching for our bin every fucking week. It's on <laughs> next door's it? fucking drive. It's halfway down the street. It's fucking <laughs> here, there, and everywhere. They've forced me 
to become the type of person I hate and put our number on it. They're fucking everywhere and they leave shit in and they don't, yeah. like, honestly, it's like, yeah. come on, do your fucking job. I, look, I know it's not a fucking nice job, but don't leave someone's bin halfway down the street. That's just yeah. a pain in the arse. And I, you, you just won't be getting tips for Christmas. Yeah, it, this is it, you see. December the 23rd, when Power I normally sellotape, sellotape some wedge onto the top of the bin, which no one else around my way does, might I fucking add. Yeah, yeah. And I stop both my, um, my missus and Zach putting stuff in there that could injure a binman. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, you got you got to be careful. Yeah, well, I have had a fucking broken bottle come through and slice my fucking. Oh, hand. oh. no! Maggots, my, um, maggots coming out of nappies. I, I had that once when I was a bitman. My... This has been reminding you why you love football. We would like you to read, listen, rate, review, buy a copy of Mundial at mundialmag.com. Tell your friends about this. Leave us a review on Apple. Give us some stars. Do whatever you need to do to keep us doing this stuff. We've been recorded at Spiritland today. We've enjoyed it very, 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 very much. And, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very much. Thank you. And we'll speak to you. No, we won't. <laughs> we will one day. We would speak to you if we saw you in yeah, public. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're very approachable. And like Tom says, meet your heroes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's Goodbye. Good. Goodbye. Bye. Love you. Reminding You Why You Love Football is a Monday Isle and Football co-production. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.